1: This episode is sponsored by F1 TV Pro. The F1 season is starting up again and there are so many races on the horizon. So many tracks all over the world, so many podiums to try and secure, so much impending anxiety for my beloved Ferrari. We're going to win it this year. Right guys? And with F1 TV Pro, you'll never miss a moment. It's completely ad-free and includes live feeds of every practice and qualifying session, F1 sprint events, Grand Prix, and exclusive behind-the-scenes content with driver onboard cameras, team radios and in-depth data. Even better, this year you can completely customise your race weekend around your schedule. With the new mobile-friendly design, you can get all the race action wherever you are in the world and across multiple devices. Whether you're watching on the go, settling in with popcorn to watch live or you're looking for some more deep dive content to keep you up to date through the week, F1 TV Pro has got you covered. Sign up today to F1 TV Pro for an unmissable 2024 season. Hello everybody and welcome back to the P1 podcast with matt and tommy we are here today to talk to you about 11 glorious juicy action-filled laps that we've prepared the entire the entirety of our saturdays for tommy it's, like it's insane we have invested so much time today through delays <laughs> and weather whatever for 11 laps of racing and are a whole
0: and a whole qualifying session for it it was it was good it was definitely good, but it is quite insane when you think about it. If you ever need to know how much we love Formula One, it's that Formula... You know what, You know how like Formula One, they know when they do a new rule and we all go, oh, I don't like it. I'm not going to be watching. And we all watch. And Formula One, this is the ultimate test of, you know what? We're going to do a whole qualifying session. that's going to be delayed. There's going to be delayed again. There's going to be delayed again. And you're only going to get 11 laps. We're going to have four safety car formation laps as well. And we're still going to watch it all the way through because
1: we are obsessed. We are quite literally the meme, I will be there no matter what, are <laughs> <Yes, we? laughs> definitely. Now, before we dive into the podcast, I'm going to share a five-star review. This one comes in from Bobby Knows Wheel in the United Kingdom. Uh, and the title of it is wheelknowledge.com. I'd love to see that. Maybe we should claim that, uh, with that website. But um, yeah. if you want your five-star review to be read out, please do leave us one. And uh, we will read it out next time. For quite a while, I've been looking for a podcast with a mixture of wheel knowledge and total banter. When you hear about the Ferrari pain and you hear about Tommy celebrating when Verstappen wins and Alonso is on the podium, it's always a good P1 podcast. I don't like Although, that Alonso Fernando slander. slander yeah. That's why I threw it in there, Tommy, to get your reaction. Oh, dare you. And uh, you took it hook, line and sinker. So we'd love it's to a, see it. It's a
0: poor man's birthday. It is, actually. Happy is that a bad enough birthday? day?
1: <laughs> yeah, and in the gravel as well. Maybe he just wanted an early dinner. But um, happy birthday, Fernando. Right, let's reflect a little bit on the sprint shootout first and foremost, because we've had two sessions today, two competitive sessions. So let's wrap up this one very quickly. Uh, it was another wet-to-dry session. It just... Spa was like, we will give you delays, but we will also give you the perfect format for an exciting qualifying session. And we had an epic battle for P1 between Verstappen, Piastri and Sainz in particular, I think it was twenty-five thousandths of a second separating those three. Uh, but of course, why wouldn't it be Max Verstappen that was the one uh, to take pole?
0: Yeah, he's managed in two days to absolutely annihilate the field by eight tenths. And then in the next qualifying session, he's still in P1, uh, but this time by the tiniest margin we've probably seen all year. So yeah, incredible, uh, incredible session. Makes you maybe think uh, what might what we could potentially see uh, with in qualifying without Red Bull's uh, very tasty DRS advantage as well it might close the gap a little bit um, and a bit closer. But yeah, Verstappen still came out on top, and uh, what a session qualifying just delivering week in week out. Uh, multiple days two qualifying sessions did I not say that at least there'll be two bangers because there's two qualifying sessions and they were they were really really good again we need
1: more <laughs> we need more qualifying sessions it's worth mentioning as well Charlotte Claire made that mistake on I think, turn nine which she said lost in four tenths which actually could have been sprint poll uh, which um, made me slightly sad to hear that post uh, sprint chat uh, another thing to speak about was the Hamilton and Russell incident that was something that A lot of people started discussing. I actually saw the whole clip where uh, there was a bit of jostling for position. Russell went past Hamilton on a lap, I think, ran wide at the sort of long right-hander. Before the corner with no name, the left-hander, got that long sort of hairpin right-hander. He went off there after passing Hamilton. And then there was a bit more jostling for position. And then they get down to the bus stop chicane. Russell goes past Hamilton again but then there is this problem because Perez is out of sync with the hot laps. So he comes steaming in where all of these cars are trying to start their lap, all thinking, or at least the Mercedes team were thinking, that they had no time. When it turned out, they had a good so maybe 10, 15 seconds uh, that they could have you know, used that time a bit more, a bit more efficiently to, to get a better spot. Um, but that caused Russell to then be unideally quite close to the car in front of him, but also Hamilton quite close to George. George locks up into turn one, blocks Hamilton, Uh, out of turn one then doesn't get out of the way either down the Kemmel straight and it just was a bit questionable wasn't it
0: it was George Russell had the worst qualifying like that how he's managed to even get into Q3 in the first place because he had loads of off-track moments and scraped through both sessions actually Um, and then managed to make it and all he's done is kind of screw hamilton's chance at a really good qualifying result because hamilton had pace he was actually running p1 in that first lot of runs uh, that we saw but yeah russell's had a mare like from his side it's kind of in a weird way like the verstappen hamilton incident in austria where russell's got every right to carry on with his lap and probably thinking well even though i've locked up the track's drying a lot i'll still probably go a bit quicker in reality, he still was 10th and it wasn't worth doing anyway. But in doing so, he's also, yeah, uh, screwed his teammate over from a potentially good result. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, as for the Perez thing... Sorry, go on.
1: The fact, Sorry, the fact that with that lap that Hamilton did, even because of all of that holding up, he went and finished it and only finished nine tenths off Verstappen in the end. So it does make you wonder exactly how much time was lost there uh, in all of that kerfuffle because I, I, uh, Lewis believed, and, and I do as well, that he would have been right up there.
0: Yeah, I think he would have definitely been challenging for, um, you know, the nearer the front. Uh, absolutely, whether we would have got um, first place, we will never know. Um, but he did have a lot of pace, and it's the conditions that he's very good at. But yeah, the Perez thing was absolutely crazy because look, you you run that risk, don't you? It's a, it's a weird one because you go out of sync and think, well, actually, I don't have a problem with traffic, but then you kind of do because everyone sitting at the end doing the whole after you after you into the final corner and uh, boy was that quite the shot when you saw Perez catching that uh, that amount of cars into the corner it was insane
1: it was and slightly questionable decision I'd say as well from Perez and Red Bull to run him quite early in terms of his final hot lap because it meant he was out of sync then couldn't do another lap at the end, and that's where everyone was improving. So it didn't really work out for, for him, and he ended up at P8 in qualifying. Uh, it just doesn't seem to be going well uh, on Saturdays or Fridays or whatever day we have qualifying uh, for Sergio Perez. Right, let's get into the actual sprint then. Or, well, let's talk about the delayed part to the sprint. <laughs> uh, we've got a question from Glenn underscore Marley. With the formation laps and the safety car, there was hardly any racing. Do you think this format is fair on the fans who come on the Saturday? This is this is an Im- interesting question, actually, and one in which I'm going to pull my seat slightly more forward and get into a comfortable position because there is less running. There's less running on a Saturday uh, when you think about it because usually you'd have free practice three, a whole hour. Then you'd have uh, qualifying, a whole hour. Instead, we had... Uh, sprint quali which you add the sessions together 12 minutes 10 minutes eight minutes so basically half an hour and then you have the sprint actual race 30 minutes again basically so that's one hour of running on saturday there was more delays than there were running and you know they're trying to draw more fans in our oh, competitive sessions you know every single day i'm also sli- slightly questioning whether it needs to be as short as it is. If they want to do more competitive running, why don't they do more? Why don't they do that that level of running, make it slightly different? We've spoken previously about having a different uh, compound of tyre, potentially, for that Saturday sprint, whether it be half race distance, two-thirds distance, whatever. But then on the flip side of that, you go into the sustainability chat and they're trying to reduce the amount of tyres they're bringing to Grand Prix. There's lots of, obviously, ifs and buts and you know things that are causing don't bring certain, the wets then certain ideas <laughs> to, to not happen. But yeah, the wets are useless as well. But no, I don't think the format is fair on the, uh, on the fans uh, on Saturday, and I don't like really the format. The more and more times I experience this Saturday daytime, it is a waste of time because I'm hanging around the whole of Saturday for an hour of running.
0: Yeah, you joked at the the start that we'll be there no matter what, and it is true because we will watch it. And uh, we and it's love it's our it. job. <laughs> so and like... it is our job. But we will uh, we'll we, watch we can it. We appreciate we'll... it for people that <clears throat>
1: don't have it as their job. Um, so, like, it is a waste of a whole yeah, day.
0: Yeah, exactly. You have to commit a whole day to Formula One. Um, uh, uh, you know, And there's a lot of Formula One races now. I've said it before. You, you go on about the sustainability and stuff. The, the actual Formula One cars driving around on the track is actually nothing compared to shipping all the equipment over all the teams over flying across the world all the fans flying over as well to Formula One race just have a double header like and then maybe have less Formula One races in a season so you get more races overall and you're helping with the environmental side that way because you know IndyCar do it Formula E do it we've seen double headers why go to all that effort to get all the cars set up and everything and then have an 11 lap race just do a race again like they've got everything there set up so in a weird way is it less sustainable because you kind of well it's not but it kind of is in a weird way because you're kind of you're not making the most of you're having this whole day you know get rid of get rid of maybe sprint quality and just have an actual full-on race or something, and reverse the top ten. Here, he is. Here, Here he, he is. Here he is with the reverse. But, it, but it's but it's yeah, true. Have yeah, a yeah. have a full have a full race. What what is the point of just doing a miniature a miniature weekend condensed? And then I agree with you. A slap bang in the middle feels wrong to me. They've, they've talked about changing it, uh, potentially going doing all the sprint stuff first, then the race stuff, like Quali and the race um, Saturday evening and. Sunday I don't know it's still not quite quite right for me and yeah it, it does seem it does seem odd for the fans not just in the grandstand but also at home that we've just seen 11 laps of running few behind the safety car as well not not a huge amount is it
1: no it's not um but yeah my biggest gripe is as I say the fact that it is literally just an hour of running that's all if someone spends. Two, three hundred pounds potentially on a one-day grandstand ticket for Saturday or whatever, or or GA, whatever it is, that is not enough. I know that you get to see F2 and F3. Everyone's there for Formula One. They that encompasses and and adds to the experience, the F2 and F3, and they're great. But the main priority for a lot of people is Formula One. And you only see it for an hour. Like practice used to be an hour and a half per session. Uh, (laughs) and it just seems like they're whistling it back. And as you say, Tommy, the the actual running of the cars isn't the problem. It's the logistics around the sport, which is. So yeah, not a fan of it at the moment. And maybe I'm slightly more grumpy because of the fact of all these delays for an hour of running instead of, you know, if we have these delays and then we have a two hour race, we then at least feel satisfied. But instead we didn't.
0: Yeah, we waited all that time for such a, a short race and well, uh, we'll go. Maybe we'll just dive into the next question because, um, huh. it kind of covers
1: it. Let's do what it. I'm about to say, <laughs> at Fergie's right ref asks, Why can't F1 sort out the rain fiasco? Go on, Tommy, as you wanted it to be teed up for you, sir.
0: <laughs> well, it's we said this on the watch along that the conditions when they started was too wet for actual running, the spray was ridiculous. We've been talking about, uh, you know and quite rightly, that Spa is a difficult circuit because the rain hangs in the air, the visibility is awful. The car, And I don't have any problem with the fact that they didn't run in those conditions. The problem was they delayed the whole thing. And you could see, even before the rain hit, that there was a big radar. You know, people are tweeting it going, there's rain going to hit in 25 minutes so why have we delayed the start by 25 minutes because it was always going to happen it was so predictable and no offense to f2 and f3 like you say and Porsches or whatever but after Spa 2021 I thought you know they they had the kind of position now where they were going to move things to make sure that fans got value for money and that everyone like you say everyone the formula 2 is really exciting but everyone's there for the F1 at the end of the day and it's just a painful watch when you've got F2 going around in the dry porsches or whatever and then you get to the formula 1 it chucks it down with rain and they can't run it's
1: it's frustrating it certainly is uh, now a lot of people sort of coming in with yeah why aren't they why do we have wet tires what's the point if they're not going to go out running but with Spa, in particular, and the way the, the spray hangs in the air, but also just in general, um, it is about the visibility. It's not the the handling as such. Those wet tyres would have worked, I am convinced, in almost all of those conditions that we had, if it was just one car going around. But the problem is, we have a race of 20 cars all kicking up spray. You have to be able to see where you're going, and... And I'm also backing the fact of them doing those delays. When we were in in that situation, absolutely, the FIA made the right decision to wait until the spray was minimal, minimal enough so that the drivers can sort of see where they're going. I completely agree with that. And I know you do as well, Tommy. What I don't agree with is what you linked in and said there, Tommy, is that they knew that that heavy rainstorm was coming in for a long time. And I feel as though, look, I'm not involved in the logistics department, whatever. But that race was scheduled originally for half three. They look at the radar and go, yeah, that's that looks, pretty, that looks pretty bad for around four o'clock. Maybe we should just carry on and just do it for half three. I know, I know it says in the rule book that we have to have a certain amount of time between sessions, but I really think we should maybe do it earlier. No? Okay, cool. All right, so what we're going to do instead is have a... We're going to do that time. We're then going to have massive delays. We're then going to have four formation laps in a – sorry, five formation laps in a 16-lap race, and we're going to count them because obviously we can't, because we can't not because of the fuel loads, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to have an 11-lap race. That in itself, the planning, the logistics of that is robbing us as fans of the short race anyway and making it even shorter.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: It's I think they're so locked in with their ways of it must happen this way by the book. This is what we say three hours after here and two hours after here and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. There should and be an, an emergency decision that can be made where you go, geez, this weather is pretty mad. Let's try and find a slot.
0: And another argument with the sprint format is that, you know, it's kind of come back to bite them in a way that they are maybe, you know, cramming too much stuff into one day because they can't. Um, do that uh, and they have to go oh we need half an hour after this and then formula two gets delayed and there's a red flag and then the whole day is getting pushed back and then formula one which is meant to be the thing that everyone's arrived for on that day and the the main event is is kind of being you know the un in a weird way the unfavorable slot because they knew it like you say they knew it was going to rain so yeah it's just a
1: bit it's a bit silly really isn't it very silly um Look, I'm sure there are many reasons. We're just fans uh, sharing our slight distaste for how how that went down. Um, and yeah, it, it, it just felt a little bit meh at the end of that Saturday sprint race, if I'm being completely honest with you. Uh, but there was some amazing action uh, that we do need to talk about before Verstappen won by three laps. Um, and the beginning, the, the 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 crazy beginning of that race where the safety guard goes in, Verstappen bolts, and he was very much in the same position as Lewis Hamilton in Hungary uh, in 2021 when you're the leader. You are setting a precedent of, if I pit and everyone else stays out, am I? have I made a mistake here? Do, do I? Do I go for one lap and then come in? Verstappen carries on half the field. It was literally like a Formula 2 race where you have two different tyre compounds racing each other. You had half the field come in for intermediate tyres, which was the right decision. Um, But also, I guess it wasn't that big of a deal because the wets weren't as if it wasn't like Max was out on dries and they were going in for inters. It was still a working enough compound that Max came out just behind Oscar.
0: A Red Bull first first pit box as well. Yes. So in a weird way, Max actually pitting would mean that it would be the most difficult release as well. I wonder if that had something to do with it that yeah you know, that's he a pits, very good point actually but in, I, I wonder if the strategy team have thought about something like that That's just literally popped into my head right now that no, they come should... in the pits and then everyone's flying into the pits they're Them probably Ferrari gonna have to hold <laughs> but it, it is an interesting theory because you know max actually just going off on his own and then being able to... Because actually, in a weird way, he got delayed very slightly by... I think it was Lando, wasn't it? Uh, on the He was in that yeah. second pack of cars. Um, so there wasn't as many coming in the pits, but the second pack of cars, he waited for Lando to come by. And maybe if he hadn't have done that, and it was a clear just in and out, because we know how good Red Bull are at their pit stops, it would have been very close to Piastri, probably side by side. It was very close. Um not that we saw it, because uh, sorry to start with so many rants, but Formula One needs to stop focusing on so much on every single person's pit stop in situations like that. When there was, it was going to be really exciting to see if Verstappen or and Piastri had got out side by side, um, but they're so obsessed with showing every single pit stop, it was a bit frustrating. That, um, but yeah, uh, Piastri took the lead in that on all that kind of chaos because he made the most of the inters, didn't he? Um, mm. Which is which is a, another mad thing that they just want to get straight on that tyre because the wets aren't
1: any good. We saw that in Japan last year. What they would have, back to your pit point of the cameras focusing on the pits, what they could have used is their small box and gone, <laughs> Verstappen, let's use his box. Let's see where he comes out. At least then we have some feeling of, of where he was coming out, but instead we didn't get it yet, which was certainly frustrating. Uh, question from Hawkeye Believer. Did the FIA just acknowledge that pit lane was going to be complete chaos and give all teams a pass on releases? There were four to five that in any other format would have been investigated at least. There is, of course, a level of understanding with the fact of everyone diving into the pits that there is going to be some kind of danger there. I think definitely more leniency. But also, let's not forget, that pit lane is quite wide. They could go side by side there. Reasonably we, saw, we saw a few
0: people do that, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and and we've seen that before as well and them not get um, penalties. If they can go side by side and there isn't a a slamming of the brakes or a car coming over and squeezing them into the wall, that's usually where the problem lies or maybe you know they're blocking someone to go into their pits, whatever. But I don't think there was too many that were incredibly dangerous. As far as we saw, obviously, we didn't manage to see every pit stop, but Ferrari, it seemed... Quite lucky. Considering it was a chaotic... Uh, first couple of laps i don't think it was as bad as it could have been
0: no and it is quite ironic in a way that the fia and and the way they have the race of starting it behind the safety car and everyone starting on wets the big irony of that being a a safety thing is that then you get the really unsafe situation of every single car diving into the pits at the same time which is quite chaotic um because they were always going to uh, if it wasn't the first the first lap uh, it would be lap two that they all just want to get um on the inters like we saw like i said at japan last year um so it was always going to happen and then you just get quite an unsafe situation anyway because all the teams are frantically running around there's cars trying to get in they've got to be like alert as all these cars are coming in um yeah it's a bit it's a bit mad really uh but i i do i do think this person, Hawkeye, I believe, is on something because there were some that I think would have been investigated. Maybe they were delayed so long they thought, "Oh, can we just go home now? Come on, we'll get this race done, and then I want my chips and waffles,
1: chips and waffles at the same time." Yeah, why not? Fair play. This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is. Time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? I know that I am constantly looking for F1 news, stalking Daniel Ricciardo's Twitter, looking for any clues that Ferrari's car is going to be better this season. We need all the help we can get. But if you're struggling to find that special something to spend your time on or have anxieties about not spending your time wisely, then therapy can be a great way to clarify what matters most to you. You can start with BetterHelp, the therapy service that prioritises your time. You can book sessions around your schedule and with open conversations with your chosen therapist, you can decide how long or short you need your sessions to be. Finding what values are closest to you by starting on your own time and your own terms. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash P1Pod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P1Pod. Next big moment in in the race was Fernando Alonso on his birthday, beaching it in the gravel after losing it through Puon. Very uncharacteristic mistake, you'd have to say, for Fernando. He was running down, I think, in 16th at the time. An incredibly washed race uh, for the birthday boy. Perhaps maybe had a bit more too much cake this morning or I don't know, but um, it, yeah, it's, it wasn't working for him. It's not like he was at all going to be challenging for the top eight where the points are scored. And yeah, it, it bunched up the pack, didn't it?
0: It did. Yeah, they uh they made a weird choice uh just going a little bit back to the sprint shooter they were obviously 14th and 15th and stroll went off but there was talk that they were saving the maybe saving the inters or something like that uh in case it rains tomorrow uh maybe i think you said as well on the watch on that maybe they just know that the top the, the top cars they're not in it they're the fifth best car now so they're not getting a point so uh, just putting won't everything risk into anything. the main race Send
1: stroll out on mediums
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but you have all the drivers to, to to go off you know Fernando's so good in wet conditions we've seen that uh his whole career really so yeah. uh, a rare mistake and i i'm not um afraid to admit that i thought it was stroll in the barrier when i first saw the the shot of an aston in the wall because we'd seen it earlier in the day but yeah fernando Force of habit. absolute shocker yeah yeah, it's that Simpsons meme, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. What? Yeah, so, um, yeah, disaster for uh, Alonso. Uh, my God, uh, another, we mention it every time, but if Red Bull weren't in this, the the championship, like it, Alonso would be leading the championship and then it'd be like, can he hold on? Because they're having a shocker.
1: But they yeah. are in it, Tommy, and we have they to are. commend them for their achievements, okay? You literally <laughs> support al- Max Verstappen. And this I is know. why, Tommy, you get messages of people going, Who does the Mac- uh, Tommy actually support? Because I'm, I'm not sure it's Verstappen, okay? <laughs> Come on. I know you're wearing a Verstappen top. But <laughs> I
0: know, see. but it's just, Don't... yeah, it's just fun to dream, isn't it? That it's close. It's
1: fun to dream about your driver not winning anything. No, it That's being close. Mental. You just just enjoy it while it lasts, all right? Yeah. Because well... it's not going to last forever. Charlotte Leclerc. 5 times in a row world champion. <laughs> uh, next question at Cesarino underscore do you think without the alonso safety car piastri could have held his lead till the end of the race no, no not a chance not, not even um, close verstappen won by 6.6 seconds in the end piastri as max said during the race was uh, sliding around a lot front left i think was was limited for for piastri and yeah max had far too much speed in that red bull towards the end in particular it would have been a matter of time. It would have been maybe another lap, maybe two, but I think Max had it either way. To be honest with you,
0: he did. He was so quick on the the straight as well. Uh, the yeah, McLaren, McLaren wasn't so bad. In a yeah, straight that line. is concerning for tomorrow. I mean, they're they actually not even qualified that well, have they? Um, mm. so they're, you know, they fifth and might... sixth,
1: isn't it? No, fifth and seventh.
0: Yeah, so they've dropped. They probably might even drop back even more. But um, yeah, it's not. It, it was never going to happen. Uh, Max was just. Too quick too good makes makes you wonder maybe why uh, how Perez couldn't get past uh, Gasly with the the straight line speed and stuff and how quick Max was but yeah uh, Max it it was never going to be even even when Piastri got the lead you kind of had a couple of laps and then the safety car but Max was so strong um, particularly in that in that first sector it was never gonna the only place that Piastri was quicker was that that middle sector but it's not enough when there's
1: a huge humongous straight there's nothing nothing he could have done Absolutely not Let's now go to our next talking point which is Hamilton versus Perez Question from at Naren Hawani 7 Did Lewis Hamilton deserve the five second penalty for causing the collision with Sergio Perez? I'm going to straight up say I think it was a harsh penalty Um, It was A racing incident, in my opinion, genuinely. Uh, And it comes back to the same old discussion that we have around penalties and how they're judged. Because penalties are not supposed to be measured or taken into account the consequence of an action. And if you want to look at the next 10 seconds after that incident, the consequence was nothing. Perez was still ahead of Hamilton. For me... It was side-by-side action. Hamilton loses the car slightly, taps Perez's car, and it's really unfortunate for Sergio, like massively unfortunate that his car then gets a hole in the side. But I don't, I don't see that being a five-second time penalty. They were racing. And that, for me, is the stewards taking into account the consequence of Perez falling like a stone and then going into the pits and retiring. And that's not it. what penalties are supposed to be judged by.
0: They clearly are, though, because, yeah. But they shouldn't uh, be. That's yeah, what it they is in the rule book. They, yeah, exactly. But they, they clearly do because it's, like you say, Perez has retired from the race, whereas I do, I do agree that if, if they'd have just carried on going down the straight and Perez's car had been fine, it was just a, a tap. I um, don't know why um, that's now twice that we've seen a Mercedes just tap the side pod and it's managed to puncture a hole in it. Gaping not Gaping hole. Yeah, it's mad, but I don't understand. Like, I've I've watched it back. I've watched the. I said I wanted to see the onboard before I made judgment. Hamilton doesn't have a snap of oversteer or anything. You watch the top down view, which we saw many times. He's not cutting in, but it's two cars, in my opinion, going for like the middle part of the track, where Perez could have left Hamilton more room. Hamilton could have maybe taken a more of an inside line, I think there's responsibility there for Hamilton to maybe be a bit more on the inside, but he is turning and he doesn't have a snap of oversteer, and Perez has to sort of judge the risk of, there's a driver alongside me, how much can I squeeze him? Is it really worth it? Um, So... I'm really on the fence about it because I think it could go either way. And maybe that, maybe that equates to it's a racing incident, but uh, I think it to quote Martin Brundle's famous phrase, I think it's six of one, half a dozen of the other kind of moment where they're both to, they they both could have given more room. It's kind of two to tango. And um, yeah, I think if Hamilton had got a bit of a swapper on and really washed to the side, then yeah, I think it was a, deserving penalty but i don't think he does that it's no a tough call. it's a really it's a really tough call um i can't yeah, no, i really can't decide well, i wouldn't I, mean. I wouldn't want to judge it and we had we we had actually a lot of questions about this incident and you know it's people going hamilton definitely deserved the penalty don't you think and then why has hamilton got a penalty it's all which just shows that you know it is so split it's, n- mm. it's not clear-cut at all I, I wouldn't want to um be a steward in that decision particularly because it's Mercedes and uh, Red Bull again which I'm sure went down very well on Twitter
1: Yes, I'm sure Twitter are still going, uh, X are still going uh, even now. Um, But, Mm. yeah, there was almost a plane crash as well straight afterwards where Perez was squeezing Hamilton. Squeezing even more, yeah. I was on the rear tyre and I was like, oh, my God, this is a very high-speed part of the circuit. But, yeah, let us know your thoughts. If you're on YouTube, let us know in the comments. And whilst you're here, subscribe as well. Don't forget to subscribe to this wonderful P1 channel. F1 content for days. Good stuff. Next question at Alex Johnston 123. Do you feel that the severity of the penalties should be changed for the sprint race due to the fact that the field is much closer together as it is a much shorter race? No. 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 I don't think so. Uh, because is, is that
0: argument is that goes back to that argument of Carlos Sainz in uh, Australia when he goes, Oh, well, it's a red flag and the field is bunched up and it's a three lap shootout, so I shouldn't get a five second penalty because it's too harsh it's like you know the field could be as spread out or as close it's changing every single race you can't change it because then you'd say oh well should it not be a five second penalty if they're close you know it should just be it shouldn't it's almost like what you say about the consequence shouldn't be taken into it it should be a penalty all the same regardless if it's a one lap race or a 45 lap race it shouldn't make a difference
1: yeah, and the penalties are there to deter. They're not there to be sort of, ah, oh, well, on the sprint, I could dive bomb and get a two and a half second penalty. Like, they're there yeah. to deter. They should be a blanket rule. Um, and yeah, it, it might feel harsh. Yeah, Of course, it, it will for Hamilton for the, for the amount of places he lost and somehow managed to slot in uh, between Russell and... Was it, uh, Russell and... Where did they slot Norris. in? Norris. Norris. I don't know how yeah. they managed that. Yes, yeah, so it was eight tenths in the end. Oh, it was eight tenths. Weird. Yeah, it, so it must have been up, like the timing months. line. Yeah. Okay. So Hamilton just beat Russell uh, in the end to, to finish seventh with the uh, the five second penalty. But um, but yeah, it it might feel harsh, but it's just the way the way it goes. It's the way it, the really? cookie
0: crumbles, isn't it? Hamilton was was unfortunate that essentially there was a train behind Gasly, who did extremely well um, in a car that shouldn't be there, and that train just meant more pain for hamilton because it closed everyone up and meant that he dropped down even more positions it's just the way you know so uh, formula one has been like that uh, always we've had you know look, look at hamilton dare i mention it silverstone um where he got the the penalty uh with verstappen and then he drove through the field and won and then people were going oh he should have been disqualified it's like no you give them the penalty based mm. on what happens and what, based then, car performance. Yeah, exactly. Because then you'd be, you'd have to make up random penalties, of going. Oh, he deserves a three point five second penalty yeah. for that. It just get, it just Ridiculous. get farcical.
1: Absolutely. Uh, finally, the top three was Max Verstappen, Oscar Piastri, and Pierre Gasly. Uh, Rhett races comes in with a question: How the hell did Pierre Gasly hold on to that P three? Perhaps he had a guardian angel looking down on him. That's a sweet thing to think about, isn't it? I think he actually put on his uh, flowers uh, where he was tributing, tributing? Yeah, Antoine Hubert, and he said, uh, I will prove them wrong. And uh, quite a nice little message to, to put there. And and for him to finish P3 in an Alpine that's, and Gasly as well, his performances haven't been great this year. What a sprint race from him to thrust himself up from a, a decent qualifying to then not finish on the podium, but to get a sprint medal, is uh, is quite the achievement, I'd say.
0: Yeah, now there's a few more points actually on offer in the sprint for an Alpine. Six points is actually quite massive because, you know, even in the main race, uh, you're only looking at the bottom end of the the points that are available. So, uh, a big points haul for Gasly and a a really really good uh, sprint race. The fact that he managed to Hold off uh, Perez and Hamilton and, and stay there it was really really impressive and yeah got the got the jump on the start uh, on the you know Ferraris in the pit stops and then just held it there Don't really really it. impressive. Don't want
1: to talk about <laughs> it. Uh, final question from at New Romantics: <laughs> Why is there no F one sprint podiums? Feels like such a waste to not celebrate drivers' achievements, especially since the sprint is meant to give more people a chance at a top three spot. Now, I don't know if I'm in the minority here, but I'm glad that they don't have sprint podiums because I would want to see personally Oscar Piastri getting his first podium when it's actually a podium rather than being like, well, it's a sprint medal, but you're on the podium. And it's just going to cause even more confusion like the pole position tyre awards that was given to Max Verstappen. But the statistic doesn't go to Max Verstappen. It goes to Charles Leclerc as a pole position in his book. So. I'm kind of glad they don't have sprint podiums. It's it I think they just save it for the big thing.
0: Yeah, it, I do I do understand what they're saying though because it does add to that whole kind of like weird flat ending of a mm. of a race that and I don't think that helps. I don't necessarily think they should do a podium, and I will still uh, uh, what I said at the start that why not just do a double header? Um, Get them on the car. Reward. They
1: had that that um, thing didn't they? They went round the track and they interviewed them. Do you remember? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: They didn't do that where they had the like the laurel wreaths or yeah. whatever. And it was and yeah, it was something a bit different. That felt yeah, maybe a, a bit Difference different. Nice, I think podium. Um, though. So it feels like something. But yeah, to to get up on the podium, just have just have it as a double header and and get the the slot because I do I do agree that the the disappointing thing is I kind of see it both ways it's disappointing that piastri and gasly for example that would have been crazy if that was the race and they're up on the podium it's like wow what a podium that's really unique but you don't want you don't want it to be too much of a song and dance because it's not really a podium it's not in the statistics it was an 11 lap race um so yeah it's there's it, the sprint this is the flaw with the sprint isn't it that you can have those moments happen to George Russell in a way, really that, you know, you win the sprint and then it's not really a victory. And oh, is it your first victory? Does it take away from that enjoyment of getting your first Grand Prix win or your first podium? Uh, yeah, it's I'm still not, still not sold on it. Um, I do think that and maybe, maybe it's just the nature of the, the championship. Cause I think you said yourself, didn't you, that you don't mind the racing for eight points when it was 2021 and, you felt like every point mattered in a championship battle but now it just does feel like why have we had this whole day for (laughs) 11 laps of uh of uh of spa for for a handful of points um yeah it's weird weird feeling i think is the is the thing i find most with the sprints when it finishes you kind of almost forget there's a race coming the next day and it just feels like a bit of a flat ending for it just be like
1: okay that was that cool (laughs) Okay, but we're not going to leave this podcast on a flat ending. Uh, we're no. going to leave it on a hype ending, aren't we, Tom Bellingham? Because Pichard we've got a Leclerc race tomorrow. It's on pole position for tomorrow's full Grand Prix. The full fat one. None of this zero sugar sprint race. This is a full fat race thing. All right? We're ready for it. With Max Verstappen starts lemon. from sixth. He's going to be P1 by lap five, but we are going to enjoy every single turn, every second, every millisecond until that happens and we'll be live on twitch matt p1 tommy please come and join us big old watch along hopefully no delays my god the delays today we did Formula E as well that was an absolutely (laughs) ridiculous race to watch along to we had Uh, i think what two red flags another safety car in there as well we've been we've been we've been busy today um but yeah hopefully tomorrow is going to be perhaps a sprinkling of rain but something to just make it a little bit slippery i actually don't mind a dry race with a bit of sprinkle that would be beautiful and until then, we'll see you then. Tell me what are your final thoughts?
0: Bye. <laughs> You're about to, you teed me up to say bye, and then I was like, "Oh damn." Um, yeah, final thoughts. I don't know if I want it to be uh, a wet or dry session. To be honest, just please, 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 give us a Sunday banger before we have this break because we're we're owed it. Saturdays we've we've had some good Saturdays, good Fridays. Now it's time.
1: Come on. It's time for a Sunday banger. See you there tomorrow for the full roast. Bye. 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 Bangers and mash. P1 is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.